it's your boy, Charles A. Carmichael, and you are listening to Not Politically Correct! Another episode, episode 56 of Not Politically Correct. It's your motherfucking boy, Rick McCoy, aka Mr. With a Do, aka Young Splash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Doped Up Danny, aka Hallway Jones, because your bitch might make me a ringtone. You dig? Uh, you can find me on uh, Rick McCoy on Twitter and on Instagram, which I'm not really on, at Rick McCoy KPZ. And uh, you can find me on Snapchat. At Rumacoy Rebel. Cody Brody Ghost. <laughs> TV code everything. Cody, aka Brody, aka Ghost, aka Nickname Nathaniel, aka Nava Jojo, aka Banjo Joe, aka Embellishing Emily, aka uh, Steve Sox, aka No Longer Popcorn Paul, aka Hank Hill, cause damn it, Bobby, aka uh, Shaq, cause ooh, that's hot, aka. Why every time do I think there's more? Is that it? No, there's definitely not. Ban Jojo, Nava Jojo, Nava Ho Ho, uh, City Recordo, and everything old, because I'm a serial low. But it ain't there. City Recordo. City Recordo. Look at these subtitles, as there's no visual, so what the fuck? Please save me. Russ, the barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka. Russ the bus. Mount Rushmore. Smooth fingers. School words Q, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Damn near. The hey. progenitor, aka Russ the Bus. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter, ECKZ underscore R Y D E T, on Snapchat, the chat is the snaps. <laughs> ECKZ R A Y D E T, and on IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. And you guys can join our Facebook page at Not Politically Correct Podcast. You actually can follow us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. You actually can like our page uh, at NPC Podcast on Facebook. And you can listen to us in any way that you can hear things. So that includes uh, iCloud or. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a good start. iCloud. Spider Tunes. <laughs> that includes iTunes, the podcast app, Spreckenzy uh, Deutsch, Spreaker, <laughs> Spreaker, Google Play, um, Spotify, anything that you can listen to us on. Razors. You can listen to us there. No. Like, star. <laughs> Christian Mingle. If we're there, that's because Cody shut up our account. Uh, I, oh, so please find us there. Like us, review us, all of that shit, man. Just listen and and, and, and be a part of the gang. You feel me? Uh, sports. Well, we've clearly had a snow day for three <laughs> weeks, four, two weeks in a row. So we uh, apologize. There's gonna be a lot. <laughs> a lot that I don't know why. I was doing that. <laughs> There's a lot that happened in sports, but within that time frame, I should have had a notebook and just but didn't. So bear with me. Um. Luke, I don't know, I saw his last name, from the Panthers, Kalich, Kel, Kel, 
Luke Kale Salad. What's his name? Kelly? Keekly? He retired. Um, Whoa, okay. Quickly. 59. Yeah, which is 10 minus. Because uh, <laughs> I don't go to this universe. Um, and um, fucking Antonio Gates retired too, which I was sure, like, thought he retired. So I don't know what if he, like, hasn't been playing or just we forgot about him or what. Um, also, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Took a small ownership or bought a small ownership for the Phoenix Suns, but he said that he won't take a bigger role in it until his retirement hmm. comes, which he's said he's going to play another year at least. So, okay. man, he's, uh, yeah, 57 now, so not really. <laughs> yeah, I love Larry Fitzgerald, though. He's so dope. He's a, such a good all around person, like, kept going to school even in the NFL. Um, cause he made a promise to his mom. He like travels the world. Like he went to Machu Picchu and hmm. other hashtag dope shit. Okay. Dope. Dope. Um, Eli Manning is retiring. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. On Wednesday I got, my phone said, um, he's announcing his retirement on Friday. I'm like, how do you announce that you're going to announce your retirement? Like, does that mean you're just retired now? All right, like, relax, bro. <laughs> and plus, like, you're not Brett Favre, no offense. Sh- Charles, shut up, okay? <laughs> um, but you don't need to, like, set a time to, like, say, like, dear world, blah, blah, blah. Because I fucking cried when I got home that one time to watch Brett Favre give his retirement in March on DVR. Whatever. I'm going to talk about that, but no one's cried about it. We're going we're yeah. gonna, gonna to talk about the fact that you cried about a grown man retiring from a sport. But we're going to talk about that off air. Fine. Whatever. Okay. I already went to therapy for it, so we can talk all we want. I got my notes. I'm just kidding. So, <clears throat> Eli, what's it? What I mean, like, of course, we know he's big, what he's done, but like, has he broken or like, does he hold any records for the certain things? Like, um, the stats that was posted was 57,000 yards passing yards, 366 passing touchdowns, which I think is roughly like just under 100 shy of. The record for passing touchdowns. Really? Um, 244 interceptions. That's a, he holds a record for interceptions? No. The GOAT does. Brett Favre. Just another record that he can break, so suck that. Um, <laughs> his record is 117-117, so wow, 50-50. Um, two Super Bowl MVPs and four-time Pro Bowler. So he won, they won, he won two Super Bowls with the Giants? Um... He was MVP. I suppose. Sure. Yeah. I mean, where I didn't look it up because why would I? I'm not like the go-to sports guy. That's Charles. We all know that. But um, <laughs> I don't think he's like the greater of the Manning brothers. But oh, definitely not the greater. But he's not the. He's definitely the worst one. Ooh, yeah, no. <laughs> Facts and stuff. But um, yeah. As we uh, all know the. Uh, we could skip over, skip over one part, but yeah, the Chiefs and the Niners are in the Super Bowl. No, we got to talk about all of this because before you before you go there, um, I, I want to do I want to say one thing about um, Eli that uh, I guess is attributed to his character. Uh, he has a book, right? Uh, he, I'm not sure. Yeah, the Book of Eli. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, that's Eli, not Jesus. That's the Bible. Okay. Um, so I know his trainer really speaks highly of him, um, saying that he's one of the toughest players that he knows because. He's had, I believe, it's 210 consecutive starts um, in his football career. Eli Manning. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. 210 consecutive starts. 
Um, and he was like, his mentality was so that if there wasn't something broken, that he could go out and play. Because I know, I think, well, I know Brett Favre has the highest consecutive starts, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think will ever be broken, but it's probably attributed to, like, um, being addicted to Vicodin, so he'll just <laughs> <laughs> keep playing through it and shit. But. Yeah, they feel nothing, of course you can play. Um, but, yeah, that, that's one of the things he's, he's known for, the 210 consecutive starts. Fun fact. Take that <laughs> off my bucket list of doing a fun fact. Before we before we go past, yeah, we've been we've been we haven't talked for three weeks, and so we got to talk about the Packers playoff. <laughs> we got to talk about <laughs> Packers playoff run. So during the Super Bowl, we will see. <laughs> the Packers sit at home. Right, exactly. So listen, we all knew that we were lucky to get to where we were, and that we didn't deserve to be there. And I'm surprised, to be honest, that we even beat the Seahawks. We really? got lucky. So the Packers beat the Seahawks. <sighs> and then we lost to the 49ers. And we lost pretty bad. I think we went to the half at like 0-27. 24 to nothing. 24 to nothing. It was 37 to 20, I think it was. Yeah. Was the, yeah. They fried our ass, man. <laughs> they fried our ass bad, man. Like... It was horrible to watch. I was full of <laughs> expecting us to lose, but right. I was not expecting us to be the laughing stock of the Afghanistan. Right. <laughs> What's funny is like you know we we talk about like the the, the luck that the Packers have had as yeah. far as like the games we've won. Yeah. Um, the thing that like really was interesting to me was how the coach was like really surprised that the Packers like just lack of energy, lack of urgency for. Um, their game against the 49ers. They really seemed like a different team. Well, yeah, it was definitely like, yeah. I don't know, I, mean, I couldn't pinpoint it, but it was it was hard to watch. And I, <clears throat> the reason I'm most upset, I think, more than anything is because, let's be real, man. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And, and, and um, Patrick Mahomes. It's their time. Mm. It's their time. Are we passing the torch? This Listen, Tom Brady's on his way out. And Rodgers is on his way out. Mm-hmm. Manning is retiring. Mm-hmm. Fam, it's 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 those two quarterbacks. It's their time. It's not much room. It's a young for, man's game. It's a really. It's not much room for Rodgers to. He maybe got two to three more years left. You know, I remember like was it last year or something mm. that we. I mean, it had to be because it's yeah. January fucking year. But um, <laughs> let, I think McCoy, you asked me like how much longer I th- I think that Rodgers has left in him, and I said like three or four. Mm-hmm. That answer for me has changed. To less. I feel a lot. Yeah, I feel like one or two, if that, if we're lucky. Would you say one of one or two years of actually playing, and then maybe two years of like training the new coach? No, no, like just one or two periods being done. Because I would, I would like to see, um, and I don't know. If like there was a two-year really... overlap with Favre and Rogers, right. and which I think was good for Rogers to sit on the bench and right. study. Right. Right, and that's that's what I was I was gonna say, like that preparatory period for the next quarterback, because you know he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. As a coach, as a team owner, you kind of know that he's on his way out. What kind of preparation are you doing to sustain the team? I also think that people get on his back too much. When he's hot, he's hot, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's the goat. Look at him, blah, blah blah." When he's not like this season, people are like, "He's so overrated. Why would you call him the goat?" Blah blah. blah. But you know, in twenty years, we're gonna look too. back and be like, you know, he had a good career, he won a Super Bowl, he look at his like 
his completion percentage, <laughs> the amount of uh, interceptions that he had, which is not a lot. He's like 77 interceptions his whole career. Like He's playing in incredible. a gladiator-type sport. Yeah. The thing about it is people are fickle. They, they turn on yeah. their teams all the time. They're so, in the moment of right, yeah. right, because they don't have to to like live with the after effects. They don't have to live with the pain, the the tiredness. Last year they're like LeBron's a laughing stock, blah blah blah. Now but he's a phenomenal. Again. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's a phenomenal athlete for a reason. He's in the National Football League or the National Basketball Association. He's in that arena because he has the talent to compete with other people right. who are at that level. Yeah. And we don't really give them their just due. We just right. be like, mm-hmm. oh, he sucks now. You trade him. Or, you know and it's a team sport. You can't rely on just one person. I feel like once a person been playing either sport, I know basketball is a little bit to like, shout out to Vince Carter, who's actually the first. As of, as of this uh, month, he's the first person in the NBA to ever play in four decades. Mm-hmm. But um, more than that, though, um, I think – you, after ten years in in any sport, your vets even in even in music and shit like. You're a vet. You're a vet at this point. You're a you're a legend. You know what I'm saying? And or if you if you aren't a legend, but you're a vet at this point at the very least. And in a sport, literally, your body's taken a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, like t- after ten years and of doing something consistent. Mike's the goat, right? He was not the best with the Wizards, right? But you still have pretty bad. Bad with the wizards. Same, 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 same. But um, <laughs> but what we need to do, and this is for sports and in the real world, um, is still appreciate someone for their wisdom and their experience. Right. I disagree slightly with that. The whole legend thing, though. Um, if you've been in a sport for at least ten years and you are sustainable, if you have sustained yourself through those ten years, I would. Like, you may not get the Hall of Fame status or whatever. I would still say that you're legendary because you survived. Um, if a country was at war for 10 years and a person survived that long, I'd no doubt people would consider them legendary. Because you've seen things, you've done things, you've gotten to a place where you know war to the point where you can survive. I would, you know, of course you're a veteran because you've been through something and you continue to go through things. But I would argue that there's a, a, a slight at least a little status of legend, uh, of legend um, attributes and qualities for you having sustained that long. Especially in, like you said, um, football being such a contact-heavy sport. Even basketball being such a, a contact-heavy sport. Right. Being able to survive in that rough terrain for that long, I would still consider you a legend. Um, maybe not the best of the legends, uh, depending right. on your, your actual contributions to your team and points and rebounds and, and, and things that, that make up your stats per year. Right. But I would still attribute that legend status to you. Okay. Okay. I like the... I still got to get better. Is that open or fair-minded? Oh, it could be either, but I think it's more... Open-mindedness. Open-mindedness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking as we were just talking about basketball a little bit for comparisons, um, Giannis had a triple dub triple double the other day and he became the seventh player Giannis Giannis became the seventh player in Bucks history with 10,000 points hey that's what's up uh also they played in uh, Paris France last night well yeah did they win yeah we played the Charlotte Hornets we were actually losing and then we ended up on top 
Um, I think he had quite he a was, game too. Huh? I think, I think he had quite a game too. Yeah. So we so we did win though, right? Yes. Okay. So now we should be we should be forty one and six because I was checking last night. I thought we were. I'll take your word for it. Um. Giannis uh, also heads to the East All-Star as a captain, joined by Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Pascal Siakam, that one, like, you know, Michael Blackson guy, and uh, Joel Embiid, you know, Joel Embed. Um, <laughs> and on the baseball quick, uh, Derek Jeter was uh, nominated to put it, or voted into the Hall of Fame. I saw that. Um, with 396 votes. You need 397 voters in there. So I want to know who that one motherfucker was. I was like, hey, you know what? He's not that good. Like, come on. I'm not a huge fan of the Yankees, but. And Larry Walker. Is there, yeah. I left him out because I don't know him. <laughs> but yeah, Larry Walker. Shout out to the Walker family and the Texas Ranger. Uh, <laughs> and the Texas Ranger. And, uh,. Here's a good transition. Um, Scotty Pippen is uh, better than Michael Jordan. Who said that stupid shit? I did. You know that um, song uh, by Michael uh, by Kendrick Lamar and Schoolboy Q, Michael Jordan? Yeah, the worst Kendrick Lamar song of all time. Yes. Yeah. We know that song. So there's a song by uh, a group called Mansions with a Z, which is Mike Posner and Black Bear, called Scotty Pippen. I'm sorry, next guy Pippin. My bad. Um, fucking um, Dennis Rodman. That's what. It and that song is cold. Like it's really, I like it a lot. So that's why I thought it'd be funny to just be like, better than Michael Jordan, <laughs> and then have you guys be like, Cody said that. What? Right, because I was really disappointed when you. Yeah. Home, so. Well, speaking of music. Well, 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 folks. Hi. My name is what? <laughs> My name is what? My name is chicken chicken. <laughs> you like violence? It's been a lot of stuff going on in January in the world of music. A lot of things announced. A lot of things happening. First, I'd like to start by saying um, I'm a big fan of this this guy Roddy Rich. Okay, Roddy Roddy Rich Roddy Rich. And and almost two months ago at this point, but. We didn't talk about it in December because I didn't catch on to like mid to late December and we only have one episode in January. So I'm going to bring him up a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Roddy Rich has an album called Excuse Me um, for Being Anti-Social. Mm. This album is really, really good. First of all, he was really? a freshman 2019 and I didn't... Roddy, Roddy Rich? Roddy Rich. Yeah, please excuse me for being antisocial. That's the name of the album. That album has kind of been number one a couple times in the past month. Uh, on he opened at number one on uh, Billboard 100 hmm. um, or hot, or Billboard 200, excuse me. Um, and he kind of bounced back there a couple times. And now this week he lost to Selena Gomez's album Rare because he lost by two thousand copies in or in sales. Selena Gomez actually was on social media and posted herself going to stores, buying her own album. You know, there's Drake has done that with, uh, I forget who else, someone, other artist, uh, that they would like go to the stores to buy their own albums. 
So he's not, or she's not the first person to do that. Okay, well that takes away like my I whole argument. That's pretty shitty. That takes away like my whole argument of <laughs> a cunt and a half. But all right, uh, I thought it was stupid that she well, brought her on because she only she only beat him on a national scale because she was in her by two thousand albums. I'm gonna tell you this. Well, I'm Selena Gomez, and I'm going to every Target and every Best Buy or whatever, and I live in, what, fucking L.A. or something, and I'm going around to, like, 30 stores. I could easily rack up 2,000 copies, what I'm saying. Like, this this, this bra bought her shit to beat out Roddy. That's I, cool. We I would, if I, if I were in their shoes as a artist of that caliber or popularity, whatever, I would want to know, like, what true fans are real people actually dig me like that or my music, you know? I, wanna know I don't want to cheat it. I want to know who the fuck is even listening to Selena Gomez. Tell me one Selena fucking Gomez song. Recite one lyric, anybody. She's got that one song. What's that one song? Right. Hey, uh, Siri, what's that one Selena Gomez song? She can't tell you because it doesn't exist because who the fuck is listening to Selena Gomez? Any Selena Gomez song? Yeah. Or just the one? There's... Same. I've seen plenty of videos. I have no there, idea. There's a song doing. that I'm thinking of. No, you're not because you don't. What's was it? What it's called? Hate you to love me. The most like recent one that's out right now. Don't look at me like how the fuck no. Yeah, like what? another one called Rare. I know that. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to listen. Whatever. Exactly, because nobody listens to Selena Gomez. <laughs> Maybe I have to listen. I mean, you I never like went out to nobody is listening to this woman. I, I don't know. Hey, just. I, to listen. There's like a few hit know, pop song, hit songs of hers that were on the radio or something. I was like, oh, I really like that. I don't know if she's like a singer or just like an actress with a nice voice. Let me let me, let me tell you about Selena Gomez. <laughs> she'll have a song on the radio, and honestly, by the end, you don't know who it is until they actually say who it is. For the most part, um, there's a lot of people out there that that's like that have a similar sound, and it's like, is this really? My fault with that is there's a certain group of female singers that I always I can't tell I feel like they're all the same like I'm always like doesn't this person sound like Halsey or Ellie Golding or something like that and it's fuck like Ellie Golding fuck her oh why yeah, fuck her because she did Ed Sheeran dirty and I never will forgive her for that for what like how that's a long basically she fucked the guy from One Direction while they were in the same hotel together like she went left. Was she dating? Ed yes, Sheeran? yes. Oh, I never even knew that she dated went, Ed Sheeran. That that song, the, he has a song that was like one of his hit records that was about that experience. He says something like, Dude. he says something like, "You never told me you were going to have." Sex. I can't remember the exact lyric, but it was like, I was like, I used to listen to that song like. That I bet Mama Rika knows about that because she has like every single Ed Sheeran CD. <laughs> yeah, so fuck Ellie Golding. I didn't do it. I would prefer not to listen to her indulging in any of her shit. Anywho. Any of her hotel schemes. <laughs> Alright, exactly. <laughs> like why they you poor couldn't even hotel <laughs> Like you couldn't even go you couldn't even wait till poor Ed was on tour somewhere. The hotel like, you went in the same hotel downstairs, like let me just go ahead and fuck the old boy and then go back. You thought you She's like, Well, it won't hurt his feelings because he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> Not while I'm taking shots, man, please. Of insulin. Shots, shots. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a soul. Everybody! But yeah, no, so we got to Selena Gomez, uh, unfortunately, because we really want to talk about Roddy Rich and how good his album is. He is like... Is, wait, featuring Mustard? Is that DJ Mustard? Or no? Yeah, he changed his name to just Mustard. Oh, that's, we, that's not the song we, we focused on. What? The Box. 
The box. The box is the song, and that's actually a number one single. Yeah. That beat out. That beat out Justin Timberlake's "Yummy," um, because it's so good. It's so like that. This guy was a freshman in 2019. He plays the piano. He does this. He's like he reminds me of Future and Young Thug 2.0. This guy's 22, so obviously he's been influenced by Thug and Future. And, the, and he, he's from Compton. He's a crip, but he's also spent time in Atlanta. Oh. That's what I keep hearing. I saw a meme of someone like cleaning their window and they had that. <laughs> yeah, I only heard the e oop. I never listened to this song before. She sucked the nigga so gotta catch up. Was okay, Ellie Golding that he was talking about? Probably. But this guy who reminds me of like Future, he reminds me of like uh Young Thug. He just has this kind of sing song he rap style, but he but he's like Windex. He's like them he's like future 2.0. He's like if future was a little bit more lyrical. And that's kinda like why I like bringing this up because the album is good, it has some good records on there, some good cuts on there. You know, especially if you're if you're that type of, you know, kind of auto-tune sing songy rap fan. It has some good stuff on there, and also it makes me think of how long Future and, and Thug they've been in the game now five plus years. They really come to mold some of the people that's coming up now. Funniest and then, meme I saw was that Drake and Future song. No, no, that new horrible one. <laughs> Whatever it's called, it, someone said life like, is good. like yeah, life is really, good. That's it really said like at one minute and thirty five seconds. Worst part, and I'm like. Okay, now I gotta listen to the song. So I went to that point. It was all Drake, and then at one thirty-five was Future starting. I'm like, ah, that's funny meme. I get it. You know what's funny though? The whole song is shit. Like Drake didn't do no goddamn. Ba- like they acting like Drake like had like verse of the month or some shit on this song. Like, Everyone's gonna ride too. Drake's that dick. Was... They're like, he could release you know that song Michael Jordan, and they were like, ah, oh, best song ever. Right. Like so, I think Roddy Rich is dope <laughs> because he just he he him or he is like watching him. Is really like watching history take place. It's like watching. Uh, there's things that are happening in our lifetime. We get to see or like, tran- history. like like transition, like like seeing somebody like Tom Brady or seeing somebody like like Ellie Goulding. Please, Wale. Seeing. <laughs> All right, also seeing somebody like like Tom Brady be on the outs this season and at the top of the you know the new decade and not be. To be dominated by like the Tennessee Titans, and kicked out of the. And That's the, a great comparison. Like, like to see things transition in our, you know what I'm saying? Like we've watched, we watched the the Drake era. The people that we saw. He's on the, he's on the end of his up, era. I feel like. Right, exactly. The people like the people we spent our twenties and late teens listening to. You know what I'm saying? Like these motherfuckers are on the on the end of their greatest. Not I won't say greatest moments, but their their reign at the top. And watching somebody like Roddy Rich be their peak is starting to fall. Right. Not to say that not to say that they, they have to retire or they right. have to be done, but just watching what they've given to whatever they're a part of. Watching what Tom Brady's watching given to football. Yeah. Their their like library become classic. Yes. And, yes. And watching and, watching yeah. Future and what he did in 2009, 2010, 2011, and seeing somebody like Roddy Rich who's 22. So he would have been 10, 11, 12, like, you know, like at that time, this is dope for me to, to, to see him now be that, but even be better. 
And I, I was gonna, I was thinking maybe it's not to discredit these great athletes or artists because they mm-hmm. can kind of go mm-hmm. hand in hand, mm-hmm. um, but to build up these young ones that mm-hmm. are in the game. It's not like all oh, these great ones that we've seen so long are like starting to go down or like that we could see them like exiting, but it's like oh these young people are like slowly getting to the top of where we're gonna see you know. But do you see anybody taking people under their wing and really like mentoring them and pushing them to be their best? Nine times out of ten, no. Yeah, and I I think that's the the disconnect with a lot of the music transitions like. Usually it's just somebody who's hot and they're like, let me latch on to them and get them to where they need to go. But there's not necessarily that mentorship, mentorship, uh, mentorship uh, feeling that I have with a lot of uh, uh, the so-called classic uh, artists and legends and and whatnot, whatever you want to call them. Um, One of the people that I do um, like how they handle things and how they try to keep people out of trouble and try to point them in in the, yep, one uh, is uh, Jay-Z. Um, uh, who paid Lil Wayne's taxes, fixed Meek Mill up while he was in prison, hired the best immigrant lawyers for 21 Savage, handled Lil Uzi Vert's contract issues, and created a $15 million trust fund for Nipsey Hussle's... He didn't, he didn't do that last time. Uh, well, it says here on the internet that he did, so... Okay, okay. <laughs> but another one is, uh, is uh, Jamie Foxx. Yes! Oh. We're going to talk about um, um, R&B and like Neo Soul in that, in that capacity on this pod. And you know but how great... He did that for... Chris Brown, he really got Chris Brown to focus on his daughter and to come out of the really. Yeah, you know, I didn't know. You know I actually, you know, I didn't know Chris Brown had a daughter, but you know who Chris Brown didn't know at first he had a daughter. <laughs> you know who um, he did that for. That's important that we mention Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Who uh, Jamie Foxx? Yeah, yeah. He, Ed Sheeran slept on Jamie Foxx's couch. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, wait, I forgot. I did yeah. know that. And Drake too. Yeah. He did for Drake. Too. And Chris Brown. Um, he really, he really like pulled Chris Brown by the, the coattails. Like yo. And you need to slow down. You know what's dope too is uh, he's got a line of sunglasses out now, and they look like super designerish. Like that's got and it's Jamie Foxx. He's a not like oh it's him, but like he's a celebrity like that. Mm-hmm. Those are probably like one fifty or two hundred. You know, right? They're all under thirty bucks. You know, he's he's one. He's a he's a um, yeah. a strange celebrity because you know him most for comedy and for uh, for acting. Right. But even in his comedy and even when he was acting and doing the shows. A lot of people knew him for his music because yeah. he was always singing. He would sing on the show. He'd jump on the piano. Mm-hmm. One of the people, one thing, just sidebar. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx show. One of his his old dream in the show was to be a singer, mm-hmm. and he was having some of the most fun when he became a jingle writer mm-hmm. on the show. Like that was like the last two seasons. I think he was like a, a good writer. neighbor. McCoy was jealous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 oh, Riley of him being a jingle writer. <laughs> no, because jingles. You said that like. How you got into music and wanted to do that was through jingles and oh, commercials. yeah, it came full circle from episode three. It's a nice way to get uh, residual money. Yeah, uh, but so <coughs> he, Jamie Foxx, like you said, has always been kind of hell. Even when he's doing um, Chance the Rapper sampled uh, his uh, Chance the Rapper sampled for a song called "Fuck You," where he sampled Jamie Foxx singing the words "Fuck You" on. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite really? top three. Uh, I would say this is actually my favorite. I might need security. That's one of my favorite standups, if not, if not, my favorite one. Mm-hmm. That that it's just talking about Dane Cook. Those are my two like favorite standups. And then uh, Jamie Foxx, seriously funny, or Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, seriously funny. Those are my three favorite standups. So, 
No, I didn't put raw or delirious in there. I'm sorry. But yes, so. No, so I think good. It's good. It's testing me. I've been working on my breathing. <laughs> no, I think I think Jamie Foxx really has always done a lot of shit musically. Even when he wasn't the biggest music artist, he was helping other music artists like Drake. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, at this by, by the time that they were, you know, he had had like two number one albums. But I'm saying we were still looking at him as Jamie Foxx, the actor more so. Like he is a singer. Mm-hmm. He is a singer, but I think he helped more as an actor and. When he, when he first started like hitting the mainstream as a singer yeah. in 03, 04, when is when Kanye and Twister put him on that uh, slow jam. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the first time we ever took Jimmy Fox seriously as a as an artist. He might have been singing on the shows, but that was the first time we were like, "Yo, this motherfucker really." Like he was put on the mainstream as a musician. as a as a musician. He was promoted by people who he respected. Yeah, yeah. As people in music. Mm-hmm. And did you hear that's, his story about? That's what he did. Um, when Kanye introduced that song to him, he was like, oh, it's like a soulful song. So he's like, hey, are you taking money? Why not? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you said it's soulful. And he's like, no. Kanye's like, you're going to sing it like this. And he did it for him. He's like, okay. And then he, st- uh, he said he traveled vacation out of sea somewhere. And then yeah. someone's, his he friend's said, like. Yeah, yeah, I went to do a couple bad movies. Yeah, did uh, that. Uh, and I was like, somebody was like, yo, this song is like number one everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, he just thought it was a throwaway. All right, this is just catching it. It's right. not going to go nowhere. It's not smart about yeah. that and stuff like that. Yeah, and then it can't. There was even, the funny thing about the, the, the soul reference is that if you listen to the, there's two versions of this song. There's the version on Twisted's album, which is the radio single. And there's the version, and I would feel kind of, kind of, kind of bogus with it, but he took the better, ver- well, not the better version, but he took the version with Jamie Foxx that was like this run, and he's singing um, before Twisted's verse. And he's like, He's like Smokey Robinson. He's like oh, doing all this. He's like doing all of this like super soulful shit. Like all this shit before, and then Twister comes in and started start singing, and that was left on College Dropout. It was Kanye. That that Kanye was saved that piece of the song for his album. Can't do it that bad. He was bogus. I always thought it was the bogus shit because like Twister got the water down. It was Twister's song, and he got the watered down version. And kind of was like, fuck, I'm going to put this on my album too. And that was, like, that's uh, news to me. So, yeah. so, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I think, again, Roddy Rich and the reason I even brought Dog up is because it's just like, it's cool to see that evolution. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be a part of uh, people's moment. We've been a part of the Future's moment. Mm-hmm. I think anybody in the age range that we are in, watch Future on the come up, watch him hit the scene, watch him be a 2012 freshman, all of that shit just to be where he is now and I think it's dope that we get to see his offspring it's dope it was as a Young Thug fan it's dope seeing Young Thug because he was an offspring of that 07 08 era Wayne he was a baby of Wayne and he, I'm a Young Thug fan so I know early Young Thug stuff I did not know that what early Young Thug stuff he was really rapping like he was really he sounded like Wayne he sounded like Wayne like how he would do his punchlines and shit even his vocals like sounded like Wayne, and, and well, you know what I'm they, saying. They definitely uh, dressed alike, so yeah. yeah so, so he, you know, it's, it's dope just seeing the evolution. <laughs> Speaking of people who have evolved, someone dropped an album last week. What? And I don't want to turn this podcast into that again <laughs> about this guy. I will do it every week, but I will do I'm it. I'm here for it. I will do it as much as I have to do it, and this week it has to be done again. Yes, that's right. 
the white phenom, the great white hope, the white elephant in the room. Larry Bird? Yeah. <laughs> Raps Larry Bird. That's right. The white Larry Bird. The, 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 the white, white Larry Bird. The white Larry Bird. Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. Slim Shady, a.k.a. Eminem. Literal M-N-M. That's where his name comes from, but we won't even begin to talk about that. This man drops an album called Music to be Murdered by. Featuring Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> it is It is actually in uh, it is like homage to, uh, to Alfred Hitchcock after mm-hmm. he dropped uh, an album. I've seen, I've seen the cover. So, yeah. so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's old like, to that. Talking. I, don't, I didn't know. Like there was an actual album. I wondered where that like sample or voice came from. Yeah. Like, obviously. Like, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock I don't know. It's not actually a. I don't know if it's an actual musical album or it's like you know how comedians do albums. Yeah. I feel like it was some like theatrical album that might have music to it, but okay. um, I don't think Alfred Hitchcock was like playing instruments himself. Right. It's he's the DJ Khaled of like horror film. Right. <laughs> so Eminem was paying homage to that and and in the cover and everything. But here's the thing, man. This album is just we've talked about this before on this podcast of Eminem. After the after the overdose and the comeback for relapse, Eminem was different than Eminem ten years prior. Eminem lost something when he OD and he had to reteach himself to rap. And it was called his life. <laughs> yes, that twice. And hey, that's what hey. So Hi. Eminem Eminem lost something. Hey kids, and when you he like came back, <laughs> he was different. He rapped. He really rapped a lot more. Aggr- Not that Eminem was never aggressive in any before, flow. but his flow was off, it was off kilter. It was like okay, it so changed. when you I, when you think about like him when he was doing like Marshall Mathers LP, Slim Shady LP, when he was doing uh the shit with Fifty Cent, when he was doing uh, even Eminem show when he was but when he was doing uh, one thing specifically, Chronic Two Thousand One with Dr. Dre, the Dr. Dre album. <laughs> when he was rapping on that motherfucker, when Eminem was rapping on that, he was really. Bouncing like it was a bounce. Like think about forgot about Dre, and when the cops came through me and Dre stood next to a burnt down house with a can full of gas and a handful of matches, we still not found out. Right here. So from here on out, it's the chronic too. Start a day. Tomorrow's new, and still local enough to choke you to death with a chocolate too. Slim Shady. Wait, but listen, but wait, but wait. When he said it, he goes Slim Shady. Pause. Like Slim Shady. How did the twin babies in a Mercedes Benz with the windows up and the temp goes up to the mid 80s? Call it men, ladies. Sorry, Doc, but, but I've been crazy. crazy. There's a whole bounce. Like, that like, pause was in there There's for a, a whole Exactly. Reason. There's a whole bounce with Eminem. Eminem had swag. He was, like the, he was like the cool white guy. He was like the cool motherfucker that you wanted to be your home. Like, this my, this my homie M. Like, he was a cool white kid. Not you know me. what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you're, you're there. You're there. Yeah, joke there. He was the cool white guy. Eminem, after the OD, became the angry school shooter. <laughs> and it's not like... That's what I felt like Eminem went from the, the motherfucker that you wanted to like hang around that you might like, hey, if you talk to my sister, it's cool. He like he like one of the homies type shit where he went from that to like a school shooter. Like like the, I, like those are two different spectrums of like Yes! <laughs> yes, man. His bounce he was so but, like cool and shit before, and now it's like he's just and he just yells like, like over, angst and angry trying like, to over Prove himself. Yes. Before he was just in that motherfucker. Like I'm cold. You got you, you motherfuckers got to deal with it. He 
He didn't give a fuck. Now he gives a fuck too much that he's like <laughs> trying to please people or like look at how great I am. Like don't. It's something. Have to do something with that. But it's I think. Mic. See, I think with this album, he got. See, okay, so Bad Meets Evil. I like I like Relapse. I did not like Recovery. Bad Meets Evil was great. It's probably one of his top four things he's done with with Royce. And then those three albums to follow: Marshmallow's LP two, Revival. Kamikaze. All good rap. It's good rap in all of those bodies of work. Amazing rap. Bad songs. I do not want to put on Eminem and drive in my car. Not those albums. If you know me and you rode in the car with me on a trip or some shit, shout out TS, the Asian who's not here. And I tell you to put on some Eminem, I'm going to say put on Prime 2001. He's in his rickshaw. I'm going to tell him to put on Prime 2001 or Marshmallow's LP or Eminem show. I'm not going to tell you to put on no goddamn Marshmallow's LP 2, no goddamn recovery, no goddamn none of that shit. My thought was that, because um, I, I, I had a few thoughts I wanted to bring up, was that his flow is definitely different mm-hmm. um, from like 99, 2000, 2004 Eminem. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can distinctively hear the difference. Mm-hmm. Relapse, obviously, when he was just get started, his first album from being sober, I feel like was a you can is a perfect definition of his transition to that. It was still sounded like his old flow, but with like a newer mind thought to it. But he's still trying to be old M for the people. Um, but I feel like this album is his best Eminem album since Relapse. Not including yep. Bad Meets Evil because yep. that's not like yep. that's a combo. Yep, right? that's exactly how I feel. I rode around to relapse for a little bit. I didn't do that with any other shit. I, for the first time in a decade, that's not Bad Meets Evil. Eight, so I'll say eight years. For the first time in eight years, I want to ride or nine years, I want to ride around to some M shit. I've been riding around to this CD. I've been riding around to this CD all week. And there are, there is like one bad record on here. This Eminem has this motherfucker filled it's with. It's an interlude. No. <laughs> Eminem has this motherfucker filled with good hooks, great production. Dr. Dre's on there and D.A. Damien or D.A. Demon or whatever the fuck his name is. He got that dope. He did, he did, he did the, he's, he did, um, ZZ by, uh, by, uh, Kodak Black. He, he did, uh, some of the Tiger shit, like, um, that do 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 oh do 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 oh is it my cat? I forgot what that's called, but he did, he's been doing he's been doing a lot of the current beats that are like over the last two years, and I was surprised that Eminem got him because Eminem got him and then he gave him songs with like Don Tolliver on there like this motherfucker Eminem has put together the first album I wanted to listen to. That's so the first thing I saw was Don Tolliver is like, hey, McCoy always talks about him. I want to listen to this. Uh, which is he a rapper too, or just a singer? He, he's a rapper, oh, singer type, okay. of, yeah, type of guy. So I was like, yeah. oh, he's a singer. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. At first, I go, "This is the best album ever" because Royce is on here three times. <laughs> right, right, right. And each, in each Royce verse is cold as a bitch. It, Shout out Crooked Eye because this voice, the first on there is cold too. <laughs> but my yeah, obviously, like Godzilla is like one of the most talked about songs on here right now. So that was cold because he broke another Guinness World Record of rapid fast and shit. And then no, yeah, yeah, with affordable. Royce. Uh, Black, Black Thought, Thought Q-tip, Q-Tip, and Eminem. There's another. It says a uh, like Danon or something like that. Who? 
Yeah. Oh. I don't know who that is. Though. He, I think he helped make the. He's one of the producers. Oh. Okay. Parker. So I know he helped make the beat and shit too. So okay. He might be on there. But yeah, that, those are probably my two favorite songs on there. But um, that, overall, yeah, great album. I think my favorite songs on there because again, I like the vibes of this song. He got. I like every song on here. Let me start off by saying that. But unaccommodating with Young and May. Young and May fucking slid on. She she did, but she killed that shit. At the same t- I mean, it w- I feel like everyone's. She's. A, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as great to me as people are saying. Also, when we talked about how she has the same exact flow, like she really is the same. Like, <laughs> gotta hate it. Like, okay, just saying. Damn, yeah, you ain't supposed to be mad. I like that way on that shit, dog. I'm not uh-huh. saying it's mad, but it's just everyone's like, oh, she Dude. really snapped. I'm like. She wasn't bad. I like my mother, but you're overhyping it. I liked uh, you gonna learn with Royce. Damn, I like every. I really like everything on here though. In too deep. Those kind of nights. Those kind of nights. Those kind of nights remind me of a, a deep. It's funny he said um, this takes me back to my D12 days when we hit the club with the going hell raise. Like that's funny because that beat soon as it came on, I heard like bizarre's like little quick verse, like little quick uh couple things he was saying. I'm like this dude remind me of some D12 shit like off top. So that's a good one to ride to. Dark is this guy's like I love everything. I don't like leaving heaven. I was just I don't like that. I, I hate that little, but he always has a uh, Skylar Gray. Yeah, but see, I hate those songs. Those anthem ass, like I don't know. It's because you don't like, dude. Fucking lock it up. Uh, Anderson Park. Yeah, holy he's fast, shit. Too. Another another aftermath signee. Like that. I liked his. He had like a yeah. He coming up flow with uh, Anderson Park voice. Yeah, like, was, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. He's I, the best of both. Ways. Anderson Park is actually really. Underrated. He yeah, was he he's slept 16 on. freshman. He slept on, but yeah, he's cold. I wanted to see Don Tyler do more on No Regrets because I just like when Don, Don Tyler cold. Oh, also, we're going to talk about that before we end the music segment, too, really quickly. But um, I love this album. I think I think he got the right production finally. Dre's on a couple tracks. Dre's on Farewell. He's on. He did the track with uh, Young and May, uh, Unaccommodating. How, how do you, uh, you personally like know that? Find that out. Uh, Google and Wikipedia. Okay. Google you just like Wikipedia. type in the album and then see like. Yep. Yeah, I always, yeah, I always go there. I always go there just to see who's in. It. It's just a, it's something that I've been doing for years only because I'm music nerd in that manner, so I want to know like who did this beat again. So oh, Da uh, Demana is really the, he produced like eighty five percent of this album, which is crazy because he's a young guy produce. He's one of the he's not young. He's like thirty five, but he's like been one of the best producers for the young guys for the last two three years. So. It's just crazy that he did most of the new Eminem album, and it just goes to show kind of like people say Eminem's old and shit, but like he really kind of like has fell into his niche with he can still hang with the young guys. I feel like in some manner. So, and this this is just a good moment for for as an M fan, this has been a great moment. It's been a great week, and this has been great. It's gonna open number one. I'm just glad it is. I'm just glad that like this shit is cold. Like it's dope, man. So. You said you were going to say something Oh, else. one oh. last thing. Don Tolliver has a song out, came out in December, called I Can't Feel My Legs. How do I want to tell you how fucking good this song is? Because I feel like I do this a lot about this guy. I can't feel my legs without you. Oh, no, that's face. Never mind. I can't feel my legs. Listen. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy to tell you, but just please take it. Just go. Listen. Go to Apple Music. <laughs> Pause. Wait, go to Apple Music. Over this way. Go, to, <laughs> go to Apple Music. Type in Down Tyler Can't Feel My Legs and enjoy. And if you don't enjoy, please tell me why. So, 
Yeah, well, if so, you're gonna enjoy it, then die. Right. So <laughs> for music fans, man, check out the Eminem album. Tell us what your favorite track is on there, or you can be like Donovan, uh, YBO Donnie, and tell us why you think Eminem is bad. Because you're gonna do it anyway. without even giving it, giving them a chance. Actually, right, exactly. Because you know you haven't listened to Bad Meets Evil, but whatever. Right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, bad things, not being actually bad anymore, we're gonna say Russell likes some. Oh, are we not doing that? I don't know what we're doing with it. <laughs> Russell Prosity. That's fine. That works. <laughs> Are you an air freshener? What the fuck's going on there? Cody broke. Yeah. <laughs> he just started humping the air. I, it was an accident. Jizzing it was out. an accident. <laughs> you get accidentally high. I can accidentally hump shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I have one to right. talk about. Um, Sorry, dude. It was an accident. Um, atmospheric pressure, and so not like you know the Biometrics. water outside is frightful, uh, but the fire is so delightful. Um, <laughs> but that switch turns on the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> but more about our, like our territory and, and what actually pre- puts pressure America. on our atmosphere, uh, our domain, like our, our bubble, or like being what we call. Not like our place of home, but like what we call like home or peace like that. It could be that. Uh, our sphere of influence, the, the, the people we can reach, the people who are within our territory, basically. Okay. Um, so I guess that's the first thing that you want to define is what is your territory? What do you feel like is your territory? Um, is it just the things that create that sense of peace and home for you? Because, you know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and all, and, and all those things like that. Uh, the different uh, proverbs that go into what builds a specific person is never just that specific person, but it's all their experiences, it's all the people they interact with, um, and all the people they attach and connect themselves with. So I honestly think that that all could be your territory because it all has some type of influence on you, which in turn you have your influence on it. But what would you consider like your territory, your atmosphere? That's actually something that I'm, it's kind of like I'm trying to make everything, not like my personal territory, but like that we can, as a humanity, all share. Um, Like uh, yesterday, I woke up, like nothing was going right, and then I put these jeans on and went to work, but they were just like, so, the jeans were so uncomfortable, they were like too tight, rubbing, like it wasn't. And then I'm at my desk like, are you really going to let a pair of pants, like, ruin your whole day? No. Like, well knowing that you can't change or get on them until, like, 5, 5.30 or something like that, you know? Like, try to make the best out of it. So it's, you know, if that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. Um, it, it, I think it kind of goes with, with um, so it's like what making you every- into your personal atmosphere. Right. Yeah, Just making everything and everyone comfortable for you. And it's all mindset. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, okay, let me just make sure I got this correct before I answer. Atmosphere and your atmosphere being that things which you can which you can touch. Which you can influence. Not that you're touch, but right, right, you can right, influence what influences yeah. you. Yeah. I don't... I mean... Like, you, you're I, a homebody. You feel more comfortable at home. Right. But it's... I mean, at least, I don't know what Russell's like, take on it, but for me, it's like, 
how can you make the world be your home? Well, because you, you have a, like a broader spectrum yeah. that you're aspiring to. What my thing is... Um, just because I don't want to be uncomfortable, I just want to be comfortable everywhere. Right, right. Yeah. but yeah. that, I think, I think you're going just a little step further than what, what I'm talking about. Because yeah, I'm thinking more like your personal... Because the things you influence, the things that influence you, all have to affect you. Mm-hmm. They come from the effects of you. They, they, they're what you affect. They what affect you. And like you said before, it's a state of peace, a state of, of comfort that you aspire to have wherever you go. But I think it still resonates and still begins with you. And I think that's what you're kind of um, focusing on mm-hmm. and making sure that, okay, you know, this may be annoying me, but I can still control my reaction. I can still control how I feel about it, how I um, interact with those feelings and those emotions. So, and I don't know if this is off topic or not, because I don't know exactly the direction that you're going. Um, I was actually having a long conversation with uh, Siri. Yep, that's right. Um, this morning. And it was about, like, the stigma of society and what they're kind of doing to our heads um and i felt it was kind of like a comparison of like our appearance like i'm like i don't give a fuck what people think of what i look like or what but at the same time it's like well why do i do my hair every day i think for myself but is that really true or not but um oh shit where was i going with that (laughs) Uh, i think we 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 We've been trained to conform to certain norms, yeah. but in our own way of rebelling, we make it so that we think we're not conforming because we make the choice of whatever we appear like. Someone said that I am what I think you think I am. Which I feel like is true, but I'm, it's like trying. I'm trying to like get out of that because it's yeah, like because the stigma of society. I don't want to, and it's not even like break out. Like, I don't want to be what you think I am. I don't want to be what I think I am. It's like I'm not Cody. I am me. I I just am. I am. Well, that's that's kind of like okay. So damn, that was like super deep. When I have a I when I had when I have to solve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I have philosophy and, uh, and Marquette, um, one of the first questions they always ask you is, who are you? And everybody always be like, well, I'm... A I'm a Christian. No, I I'm a my man. Name. I'm a student. Then, I'm, uh, a I'm John. I'm this person. And they're like, well, that's your name, but who are you? Well... That's from uh, Goodwill Hunting. I'm I'm this, yeah. And um, you later watch that movie to see where you got it from. Um, but it was always interesting, the responses everyone gave was always the same and that's honestly how society kind of directs us or the media or whatever uh influences we have um from our parents from our friends from the things we inte- uh, things we take in um musically movies books all those things contribute to who we believe we are to be um one of the best things that i've ever heard someone say uh, and I talk about it all the time, Cortana, uh, she uh, says, I am an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's always been an interesting response to that. Um, 
to that question because nobody ever really thinks of themselves as like something to be experienced, something to be influenced by or influence with, um, interact with. Um, it's, it's not usually the first thing you think of. You usually think of what defining traits I have, what criteria I have to be certain things. So I'm, I'm a singer, I'm a writer, I'm a this, I, I go to work, I'm a man, I'm, you know, I'm human, right. um, I'm alive. We, we always go down this checklist of things and sometimes it goes deeper, sometimes it becomes more shallow, depends on where we start. Right. But the question is always um, different for every person because that's what you identify as or with. And so I said all that because the main thing in discovering um, what applies pressure to your atmosphere is to have knowledge of what is considered your atmosphere. What do you consider your atmosphere? What do you consider your territory? What do you consider your domain? Um, I talk to a lot of people about being the priest, king, and prophet of their home as far as the Bible defines it, um, where it's not someone who lords over their territory uh, or who is a tyrant in their domain. It's someone who as the priest worries about their spiritual and eternal well-being as the prophet seeks to find direction for the people they are leading not necessarily directing them because you may not have the answer all the time but being able to move with the family to the future that you want for the family and then as the king being able to protect your domain and that's not the main view that, that, that you're um, free from judgment, free from correction, free from anything inside that domain. It means that as the king and as the queen or whoever your partner is, that you rule with them to provide the best for whatever your territory is. Um, people take the king and be like, I'm in charge. This is my house. I'm the king of my castle type of thing. And that's the wrong approach to having that royal mindset. Mm. I agree. Uh, <clears throat> uh, man, this is an interesting question. I mean, I want to say, I want to say my atmosphere and who my influence would be my, you know, of course my home or, you know, in, in that sense. But I think I can still say that based upon the definition you just gave because I, I don't want to ever say like, I'm running, you know, like the, I'm running my household. Because nobody's running the household, you know what I'm saying? But it's like definitely moments where it's like, I can tell them like, nah, this be, this got to be like this. Or, you know, Alexis can say something and be like, okay, she might be right on this one. This, guy, this mm-hmm. should be like this. So I think that that's the duality of a good household, especially when you are, you know, in in, in there with a the partner. Mm-hmm. Um, my... My domain, and in terms of like those who I touch and influence, like I really only even, I've been told that I'm a leader. Like I've been told, like throughout my life, I've been told that I was built to lead, and I've been told, like I tell people all the time, I hate alpha males. I hate people that feel like they gotta be in charge. But people have always told me that's probably because you're an alpha male, and I'm like, I never felt that way. And that's I feel like the stigma with it is you're thinking like alpha male, like. Get ever get out of my way. I run this show, but yeah. I think what they're trying to say is that you're. I don't know the. Uh, you have but the qualities that independent define 
person who is considered an alpha. It doesn't necessarily mean that you ascribe to the the mindset that they stigmatize uh, alpha males as having, uh, being arrogant assholes who mm-hmm. you know I have to be in charge, I have to do my way or the highway. You just have a predisposition to be a leader. You're not a sheep. You're not a follower. Um, you do your thing. Most yeah. rebels, most anarchists, they honestly lead themselves. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is what they, yeah. it's just most conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they choose to think, they choose to uh, operate at a higher level most of the times. Um, and they don't always just go with the flow because when they have questions, to, you're not just gonna tell me something and then I gotta believe it. Right. Especially if like anyone says, McCoy, you need to do this. You're like, the fuck? I'm gonna do the exact opposite. Dude, that's <laughs> like 90 percent Just because you said. Just because you told me that I need to that just this is how it has to work, you can suck my dick because I'm gonna go that like, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely have a fucking issue with that. So like <laughs> I, I I guess my atmosphere in a sense is not that I want to lead anybody, but I think the people that I care, even care to touch, my woman, my siblings, and you guys. I Again, it's not that I want to lead anybody, but I hope that anything that I can give that will help to benefit those people will, they will take from me. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like, here, you need to listen to this, but if there's anything that you see going on with me or that you get from my, even my energy and my aura that will help you have a better day or help you be like, you know what, I'm going to do like this because I, I mean, my man did it like this and it worked, whatever that may be, I hope to, again, influence my woman in a positive manner, my siblings, and you guys, which at this point, you're like my brother, so y'all are my siblings, quote unquote, family. So. And you're definitely like, without even knowing or trying, like a, Phenomenal motivational speaker or uplifting being. Oh. <laughs> I concur. Um, there's many times where it's like you've said something um, or done something. We had a conversation the other day yeah. um, just about, you know, just checking up on each other. And I'm, I'm glad that we all do that more yeah. now. Yeah. I think that's just a sign of the development and the connection um, that we check to make sure, yo. Ain't heard from you in a while. How you doing, man? You know, you always checking on everybody else. How you doing? And it's just little things like that that um, reestablish what you consider important in your atmosphere. Yeah. So now that we kind of have a definition of what the atmosphere is, um, how do you protect it? How do you um, allow things inside or keep things outside in order to allow the atmosphere to sustain, to grow, to develop? evolve you know I uh, have poor hearing Um, (laughs) but I was listening to someone give a speech and how they said ecosystem but they were talking about ego so my mind and ears went to ecosystem I'm like that sounds like a Russell Prosody word (laughs) but I kind of like tried to ponder that too but what you were going off too with like relationships or households we obviously know We've heard the term happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. I heard something recently that said happy me, happy we. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. There you go. I like that shit. I, I also like the other one that they said, uh, what it was like, happy spouse, happy, happy house. Yeah, happy spouse. Uh, uh, yeah. Because, you know, you, you don't want just one person to be happy in the household. You right. Want, you know, to generate happiness throughout. Right. Um, 
me going to school for cybersecurity, one of the first things that they teach you is that there is no such thing as a foolproof defense. Nothing is 100%. Right. Even the most adept, technologically advanced, most fortified, most secure security system has only a 99% chance of being that secure. It's like antibacterial shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, even even the, the richest man on earth still has a security system that that 0.000000 PD right. to the one um, percent of something going wrong. And yeah. nothing in life is perfect right. by any means. I And what I'm trying to think about or like get involved in my life is, uh, I mean, it sounds cheesy or corny or cliche, but um, you can try to make things perfect or perfect for you. Like it's as perfect as it can be for you. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I, 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 I actually learned from my pops is um, he got it from somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, he was like, there's no such thing as practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Practice makes proficient. Yeah. So practice makes you better by and by and by. But you never get to that perfection because you always want to be practice. You want to be learning. You always want to be developing. You, want to, you always want to be um, evolving. Yeah. But you can be, and this is from another musician friend of mine, you can be perfect in your practice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that you continually to practice. You, you have that discipline. Like with working out, it's not necessarily the motivation that keeps you there because the motivation will get you there. But the discipline is what keeps you going. Um, once you establish that routine and you get yourself disciplined to where this is where I'm, I'm, I'm at at these times. Yeah. Once you set that in stone and get that discipline in place, that's what keeps you going. Because your motivation will run out on you many times. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to do it for this. And then you get there and like, well, is it worth it, really? And yeah. it's the discipline that keeps you going. I think um, I was uh, listening to Deepak Chopra, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, someone asked him, like, do you think you, like, came to a finish line? Or, like, there's a ending to your perfectness on the path of enlightenment? He's like, no, I still have things that I'm going for and always will. It's... The journey is never ending. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that one Facebook post that you had hmm. today. I forget what it was. Yeah, about but, maturity. Yeah. Yeah, how maturity is not an end. It is a continuous. You mm-hmm. continue to mature. And it's not something to be upset about, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And yeah. you got to just strive for it every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a bad thing, but I think it's a journey. I think when we're talking about, like, our atmosphere and how do we protect it, I've said many times on this show when it comes to people that are close to me that I build a wall around you once you're in my circle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just real defensive. I'm not even like a really angry person, but I get really defensive about people coming at people that I love. Right. More so than myself. Because I've developed already I've developed a kind of like I don't give a fuck what you think about me <laughs> type of mentality. Anyways, I'm gonna be hyperactive or stupid or goofy. I'm gonna do exactly what I wanna do for me. But I have an issue when you talk about you know, my siblings and my woman, like I have, that's when I get to the point where I'm like, all right, man, you, so I like build up a wall. You know what that sounds like? What? A leader. Here we go. It does. (laughs) It does. So, um, you, you, um, protect those who are under you or who are, who have your protective wall around them. Um, and you take the force. Proverbial household. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you take the force of the impact from those who are outside the circle trying to come in, uh, come, at, come in at people who are in your circle 
and you talk to them like, yo, no, uh, this, 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 take responsibility and accountability for certain things. That's what a leader does. Someone said, what is, uh, <laughs> you better look both sides before you cross my mind. <laughs> what the fuck? You ever seen, heard that? I don't know. Both like, sides? <laughs> look both ways, that's what I said. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's going on? Back to cybersecurity. But no, um, for, for, for this atmospheric pressure and the things that are coming against you, um, one of the other things that I really thought was interesting um, was the CIA method in cybersecurity. So it's confidentiality, integrity, and availability. With any defense you set up, usually those three things are what make up the majority of the defense. Confidentiality, integrity, and availability. It's availability or accessibility. They're, they're kind of interchanged. Um, but what basically what it means is that um, in your protecting of whatever you're protecting, there's a level of confidentiality so that people don't all have access to it. So as far as your atmosphere, your territory goes, not everybody's going to have access to you at certain times or not going to be able to just get into your territory and to be a part of whatever that you're doing or whatever you're thinking, whatever you're, um, you're, you're influencing. And because of, and it's, it's funny to say this, but because of how you're building up your territory, there's going to be people who are like, yo, what's going on? You know, how you trying to figure out what you're doing, how you're doing, and they're going to try to get close to you, not for that connection, but to attach and figure out how they can also do so. Um, that's where confidentiality comes into. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this is my secret and da 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 but you're protective about certain things, but certain people in your territory. I just realized confidentiality, integrity, and availability. CIA? Yeah. You know, you said it was the CIA method? Yeah, well, I was thinking, like, <laughs> that's their method. I thought, like, the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm like, well, what does the CIA actually stand for? I got there. <laughs> I have one gene. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just going to talk about the I, um, because the accessibility seems to be fairly straightforward, those who have access to you. But integrity um, is something that, as we were talking about before, is not necessarily something that society pushes. Um, right now, it's really like, get all you can. Sorry, I'm sorry. I really have to be. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's really get all you can as much as you can quickly and figure out how to do so. Unfortunately, at the expense of others. I don't, I don't understand why that now it seems to be such a... A selfish mentality that's like everywhere. It's ever present in media. Um, look at our politicians, uh, even more so. <laughs> Especially that uh, that orange hair guy. Um, how how selfish everyone seems to be. How greedy and how selfish everyone seems to be. Um, not saying that there's been a change since the beginning of time, but because we can see things so uh, easier, we have such easier access to the things due to um, technology, we can honestly see how selfish and how uncaring everybody is now. And I really don't like that. Um, there's, it seems like it's always like, not even like black versus white, Republican versus Democrat, I'm American, you're whatever other nationality, you know, it's, 
it's like we're all fingers of the same hand though hmm. like we're this is for human mankind right. like right. we all need to like it sounds cliche but join hands and like you know <laughs> act together like this is I just wish people would just stop being so I think it was I think I said this morning this uh I think it was Gandhi who said um if you truly loved yourself 100% you wouldn't be mean or rude to others yeah he said it um there's been quite a few philosophers um even uh the bible and before the bible um who have come through and basically said the same thing it's, it's the golden rule you know do unto others that you would have to do unto you or love your neighbor like you love yourself or you know things of that nature they they kind of all go hand in hand um if you treat people well yeah usually they'll treat you the same way um i heard another one too that was it made me think like i, I want to know more about it it's like uh once you fully have zero insecurities you will not judge others hmm. and that, that got me thinking like do your insecurities i don't know well you know? um you know but you know they say that you know a person who cheats will always think their partner cheat because it's which i never got that too it's like what are you mad at them for if you're the one cheating like <laughs> but it's a reflection of their yeah, insecurity yeah. something oh, yeah, they're insecure about um i was gonna say something but uh, oh your boy uh, what's his name Aaron foster yeah um, he was talking about how he um, always um, has uh, a problem with judging people um, to where it's like it's just automatic because he can't empathize with their position because he thinks that if I was in that position, I would do this, 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 and this. And so the excuses people make don't resonate with him and he finds himself judging them. Which but, I like how he recognizes and realizes that but how open he is to like how can I change that I'm like he he's, seems like such a nice guy but he always comes out saying full forward like I am a pessimist because of blah 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 but I want to like have other people's you know uh, perspectives and whatnot. and I think that you know kind of concludes most of everything I was talking about is that there has to be a desire there has to be a desire to want better to be better to do better um, I think that's one of the main keys in maintaining um, your atmosphere and being able to kind of weather the pressure that comes from outside. Um, being able to deny yourself those things that um, we think of selfishly in order to improve our situation. Um, because if you don't save money, you can't do things that you want to do with that money. If you're always spending it, you'll never have it around to be able to do so, um, as, a, as an example. Um, so if you save up the things that you want to be better at, meaning like you put the time in to, to, to do those things, you put the time in to learn those things, you put the time in to allow those things to influence how you interact with the world, with people, even with yourself, I think that will aid you in developing, sustaining, and evolving your atmosphere. Okay. Basically, what you put into yourself is what you put into the world. Yeah. Or somewhat. What does Michael Jackson say? Some, 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 some man in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll heal the world, make it a better place. Or that. 
Well, I'm looking at the man Seeing him to change his ways Oh, okay, so that's what I want to make a place. Take a look at yourself and make that change. are still alive when you eat them. Uh, right. I was just about to eat an oil. No, that would have been, been cooked because I was like, I don't want it. They still alive? Raw oysters. Okay. That's not the worst hooked up story. I can actually live with that. What? And oh. this has been episode. Oh. I could. I mean, if you want to get there. Let's see. Uh, Texas Testicle Festival promises to be a ball for all. And that's episode 56 of Not Politically Correct. This has been your boy. Women accused of using a sex toy to make homemade tortillas. Um, And there was, lastly, a Komodo dragon destroyed BBC camera by trying to have sex with it. And uh, I sent that to our lovely man TS, and he said, that's funny for two reasons, because I know what BBC stands for. <laughs> okay. This has been, again, I just, I just episode 56 of Not Politically Correct. This is what we want to call AKA Mr. What to Do, AKA Young Splash God. Oh, it sounded like you were going to say more. Oh, can you find me nowhere? Right. Oh, yeah, you can find me on uh, in St. Louis. No, but you can find me on... Uh, Cody Burdicus. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, everyone called KPZ. That's Cody Woody Ghost. You can find him at uh, the Cody Record Ghost Store. Yeah, Cody Brody Ghost Store Us. CD Record and everything. Uh, Rest of us. I need two That's for bus. You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, ECKZ underscore R-O-I-D-E-T, and on IG. Uh, Candy Cupidity, C N D R D C U P I D I T Y. I D I T Y. I D I T Y. That's really it. And that's 56, I guess. All right. Uh, again. Gang. <laughs>